Capita, this is your host, Jasmine Luchis, and you're now listening to Hepa Talk Season 3. Hola, Jefitas. Welcome back to Hepa Talk. Today we have a special guest, Yolanda, and I'm so excited to have her on because we've never had, um, I guess, a professional um therapist pretty much is what you are um we've had the pleasure of having life coaches and everything but to have a professional I think will be so good to hear your insights and your um you know your practices and and what it is that you do in your community um so I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself Thank you so much, Jasmine. Happy to be here. I was super excited when you first invited me or asked me to be a guest. Um, yeah, so my name is Yolanda Ramos. I'm an associate clinical social worker here in California, and that means I can only practice in California. So uh, my education is also in California. I got my master's in social work from Fresno State, and I graduated in 2019. So I've been practicing as an associate therapist since then. I currently live alone in my apartment and it's just me and my cat, Tiger. I call him Tiny Tiger or El Tigre del Norte. And I currently work for a large HMO in California. Oh my God, I love that name for you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so Yolanda, I really wanted to kind of have you on because I think that our experiences always lead us to our life purpose, right? And so I really wanted to kind of pick your brain and ask you what kind of led you to your profession? Yeah, so my bachelor's is actually in English literature, which is like you would think far from social work or therapy, um, but I've always enjoyed just reading and writing. So I did my undergrad in that and after I graduated, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I did a few jobs, like I was a behavior tech working with children children on the autism spectrum. I was a substitute teacher for two years until I decided education was not for me. Um, but props to all the people working in education though. Like you have, a, you have to have a really special heart to do that. And a lot of patients, I really admire people who are able to do that. Um, and then I have always had an interest in psychology. Like I remember being in eighth grade, we had a career day and they had a psychologist there and I thought it was so cool. Um, I was just super interested in his presentation, talking about his educational background and what he got to do for a living. So that was super interesting. And I think after doing those two or three jobs after undergrad, and I realized like, okay, I know what I don't want to do now. Um, and then I thought about what I really wanted to do. And I knew, and I thought like, I think I want to be a therapist. And I chose a master's in social work program versus a like going to be um, just getting my master's in counseling psychology or something similar, because I really like the social justice aspect also that my social work program emphasized on. And I remember it was my first year in the program and my internship supervisor, she said, you know, we're all in social work for a reason. And it really made me reflect on my own childhood experiences, any traumas I experienced or my own upbringing. And I realized then like, yeah, that makes sense. I guess like I'm here in the helping profession just because of what I've been through. 
and I want to help others or be that person that my younger self would have needed. I think um, we hear that a lot, especially as first-gen Latinas. Um, and I, I think no matter what I was doing, like I knew I was going to help people. And I, you know, I identify as a feminist. And I remember thinking like, I can't be a professional feminist or how would I do that? So this was the next best thing, social work. And in my master's program, you could do like a sort of a clinical track where you're learning about therapy, the different treatments or approaches, how to treat different diagnoses. And then, or you could do like the child welfare route, which is working for um, CPS. I'm not sure what it's called in Texas. It might be the DCFS, Department of Child and Family Services or something. But um, I, yeah, I was like, I don't think I want to do that. I don't want to be having to go to people's houses because in my previous job, one of them, I had to go to people's houses and I realized I didn't love it. So um and again, with the interest in psychology, I knew like I wanted to do the clinical track. So luckily, they were able to place me in internships where I got to practice as a therapist. And I really enjoyed it. Um, and now, again, because I work for a large HMO, I do, I enjoy that. But I feel like I don't reach as much as my community as I would like to. So that's why I have uh, my LLC clinical comadres so that I can still do that community work that I really love. I think just all of that, I think is awesome that you were able to take, um, you know, the love that you have for helping people and, and putting it into something that I feel that we definitely need. And especially, um, I think for us in the Latina community, we don't really have that much of a representation in the therapy or mental health sector, right? And so kind of talking about your LOC, tell me a little bit about that. What kind of pushed you into opening um, that? Oh, yeah. Thank you for asking about that. I, um, again, my LLC is Clinical Comadre. I established it as an LLC last year in 2022. And um, I originally had the Instagram just Clinical Comadre and it was kind of sitting there. I've had it since 2019, actually. And I was like, I think I'm onto something. I don't know what I'm doing with this yet, but I want to share like some of my journey as a new therapist, as a new social worker out in the world, working, trying to figure this out. Um, so at first I just shared my experience, like learning new, maybe treatment modalities or interventions or just funny memes about my job. And I think after I lost my grandmother though, in 2020, when I started to really experience grief, like daily and in a very heavy way, and I'm still grieving her here. We are three years later. Um, I realized that there's not a lot of resources out there. There are resources, of course, um, and, you know, like therapy groups you can go to for grief, um, all kinds of, I guess, workshops, but I felt like it was really missing the cultural piece because I identify as Mexican-American or Chicana, Latina, and a lot of what I found, I felt like was not, first of all, like you mentioned, how representation, there's a lack of representation, and I felt like because my culture wasn't taken into consideration in like the programming or the, 
even the language that they use, like it wasn't truly healing for me or helpful in the way that I needed to be helped in my grief. So I, um, and I've always journaled again, because I've always just been a reader and writer. Journaling is, has always been helpful for me. So I found that journaling really helped me process my own grief and what I was experiencing. So I came up the, I came up with the idea to create a bilingual grief journal and it has prompts. There are prompts that I used myself to help me on my own grief journey and also prompts that are evidence-based, meaning that they have been proven like research to help people process their grief. And it's bilingual, English and Spanish, because what I have realized, English is my first language, but what I realized in my practice as a therapist is some of my clients, especially working in the very rural communities who with clients who only spoke Spanish, they need to process their emotions and their thoughts in Spanish versus English. Even with some of my patients who do speak English every now and then we will like quickly or briefly switch to Spanish or if there's a word that they say in Spanish. Spanish that could better explain their feelings. So again, with it being bilingual, that way, like anybody who speaks either English or Spanish, it's accessible to them. And I think it helps fill some of the gaps that are in the work and research, even interventions or the resources available to us for grief and loss. And I really try to be relatable with what I share on social media. Um, I, I try not to sound like too academic or, you know, cause I really want it to be like, you're just talking to your comadre, like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. And then, so here I am with my background and expertise as a mental health professional. And then I try to um, just explain it just like how you and I are talking right now, even. I think that's such a beautiful thing that you have brought in to our community and in and brought it to life because right now that you said um that you are still grieving um my my father passed away almost 20 years ago and I feel like grief does not have a timeline right you grieve you continue to grieve no matter how long time has passed and I was really young when I lost him and I feel like not to um, discredit or like to talk down on my mother but um, I was raised by my grandparents so already you have that age gap right between her and I and so a lot of things weren't talked about a lot of things weren't expressed in the household and so she was grieving her you know loss and I was grieving and I don't think she um really knew how to work through that with me Uh, and she kind of I think she just kind of felt like well she's young she'll kind of get over it maybe I don't know what their I don't know what her thought process was at the time but I feel like if I would have been able to have a resource like that to where I can write down my feelings where I can you know have not necessarily somebody to walk me through it but for myself to work through it myself I I feel like maybe that would have been um a faster way for me to heal and, and not kind of 
have those um, outbursts as a teenager because you're, you know, teenagers, of course, your feelings are all over the place. <laughs> you don't know how to regulate your emotions yeah. and stuff. So adding grief to that on top of that, it's like, what, what do you do? How do you work through that? And so the fact that you were able to take that situation for you and create something that not only can you and I use that speak English, but you created something that even for our mothers, tias, abuelas mm-hmm. to use, I think that's that's a big accomplishment. It's a it's breaking that um barrier for for us. And I think that's so amazing. Um can you tell me a little bit on that? Has have you've had people tell you that your book has been a wonderful asset for them? Yeah, so I have had people reach out um, more in my DMs than anywhere else, just saying how helpful it has for them, has been for them. One of the things I've found, um, and kind of like what you mentioned, like we don't talk about grief really, and because it's difficult and it's painful, so like why would we want to talk about it? I get that. Um, But we unfortunately don't talk about it or even think about it until we grieve or, right, we lose somebody we love. And then when it gets to that point, like, wow, like my husband just passed away. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell, like, Miha. Um, I don't know how to support Miha because I'm grieving myself, right? Um, And I do get quite a few people in my DMs. It's interesting. Um, I'll have people who I know, like, in my community in real life, you know, they know that I have clinical comadre and what I do on there, they don't follow me, but um, I've had a few people who start following me like as soon as they lost somebody. Um, And it's like, yeah, like I'm a resource. I've been here, I'll be here. Um, But maybe I just wonder if it would be more helpful to start learning about it even before you lose somebody. That way you're a little bit more prepared or equipped. And what I've found with my journal is people have purchased it and usually they're like, you know what, it took me a while to open it. Or um, somebody shared with me, like I've been carrying it around in my bag for a week, but I haven't just let myself sit down and open it and write in it yet. But um, every time so far, based on the feedback I've gotten, um, it has been helpful for those who have used it. And I just think it's interesting, though, that they're like, it took me a while to open it, you know, almost like I know this is going to be like a difficult thing for me to do. But the feedback I've gotten is that once they've used it, done a few of the journal prompts and have really reflected and sat with their grief, that it's been really healing and powerful for them. Yes, I I, I think I can agree that it it's kind of those things where it's like you you know that once you open it, you have to sit in your those feelings, and it's scary mm-hmm. because you don't know, um, you know how you're gonna, um, you know, process everything. You don't know where if if bringing something up will be able to like, um, will you be able to work through it? Will you not be able to work through it? Is this gonna make me feel better? Is it gonna make me feel worse? So I can I can definitely see why people kind of hesitate a little bit and it's because it's not also something that we're in the norm that we're used to right mm-hmm. I, 
I think recently in uh, in the last couple of years, I've really seen like journaling and like um, prompt work coming out towards like, oh, look, this is something that will help you for, um, you know, different things. And so I, I, I definitely can see how that would kind of, people would kind of hesitate a little bit on. Um, now I do see your, your work on there. Um, and I love it because you recently had an event, um, a picnic, right? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, that was Platica in the Park. We had it here in Fresno at a local park. And it was, it's something I had had in my mind for a while. And I was so happy that it finally came into fruition. Um, so it's called Platica in the Park. And I hope to do it again. It's just hot as hell here in Fresno right now so I'm not doing it like in July or August um but it was just an opportunity for uh women in the community we had people even come from like an hour away which was really awesome I'm so glad they came um to just gather and take a Saturday morning for themselves to nurture their emotional mental health their emotional wellness and I began, we began with a really beautiful grounding meditation to ground ourselves and root ourselves with the earth and just in the moment and being in at that gathering. And then I opened the discussion. I said, you can either talk about grief, any grief you've experienced or are still experiencing, or you can just do like in a mental emotional check-in with yourself and we had a really beautiful discussion uh, I think it could have gone on longer um, and part of the event too I I really try to put a lot of love and intention around the events I plan all the other vendors that I used are uh, locally and woman-owned and I believe they were all Latina women, actually. I'm not sure if they identify as Latina, maybe Mexican, Mexican-American, Chicana, Hispanic, but they were all um, locally and woman-owned. And it was it felt really beautiful, and I got really positive feedback, which is nice. And that tells me that I'm on the right track with what I want to do with Clinical Comadre. And I think um, we can't heal on our own our community helps us heal. So that's why I knew like, like we need to come together and share with each other and help each other process or just help each other grieve as well. Because especially with grief, it can feel very lonely and isolating. Like, oh, nobody knows how I'm feeling or I don't want to talk about it again. What if they're tired of me talking about it? But that's how we heal with community. Yes. So just by off of what you said, you know, it's something that for you is kind of evolving. What do you see for Clinical Comadre in five years? Ooh, five years out. Um, I'm going to be launching a grief, a grief group coaching program, actually, more towards the fall. So keep an eye out for that. And the because it's going to be coaching versus like therapy or group therapy. I can see people outside of California. So that's the cool thing about it. So I definitely see myself continuing as a coach, doing group coaching, even individual coaching as that comes. I also would like to uh, make myself available to um, corporations or companies on how they can support their staff or employees. Because right now in California, the law is 
we only get three days for bereavement leave, which is like three days and then you're supposed to be done grieving. That's not how it happens. Um, so just doing maybe workshops or even presentations on grief and how um, corporations or businesses can better support their employees through grief, even um, with people who have experienced a miscarriage. There's some agencies or employers who don't allow bereavement leave for that. So I think that's something that needs to be done as well. So I would like to continue to be a coach and do speaking engagements or presentations. And eventually I would like to have Clinical Comadre um, sustain myself and be able to be my own boss and let that be my own, um, be my one and only job versus being with an employer right now. I I can definitely see all of those beautiful things happening. I, I think that once we start to visualize our bigger purpose, I think it all ends up working that way. Um, and I, I really hope that it does for you because I think what you're doing for the community, not not just you know, Latinas or Mexican Americans or, you know, I, I think it's just in general, the work that you're doing is going to be a powerful impact in our community because those are things that we kind of shy away from. We shy away from talking about our feelings and, and things like that. So I, I really hope that it takes off for you and maybe um, it's a, a beginning of a, a bigger thing maybe it's something that you can take around with you maybe come visit us down in texas and and heck do, yeah and do a workshop because um you know grief isn't just limited to one place right it's it's everywhere we all experience it so it'll be awesome to see something like that like move around with you um i always like to ask my guests who inspires you the most in your life Ooh. Um, so two people immediately came to mind. Um, one of them is a celebrity and people may roll their eyes, but I don't care. I'm just going to share it anyway. <laughs> um, I really love Meghan Markle. I think she is so smart and she has her own podcast and um, listening to her speak. She just sounds so intelligent and so eloquent. And one of my, you know, going back to the five-year career goal, I would love to be on her podcast one day because like you, she also has like guest experts and speakers come on and share their knowledge in a relatable way. And also um, my, my younger sister, she, she really inspires me. She lives on the East Coast and she she's younger than me but it's like she's the older one that's just been that way our whole lives and she just lives life like sin miedo takes chances takes risks and I am trying to live life more like that and this year's been going pretty good for me as I try to live that way but she's always been like that since we were niñas and I just uh, I'm really proud of where who she is and where she's at in life and yeah she's somebody who inspires me and when like I feel like I'm having a bad day, like I'll give her a call or if I need support, she's definitely like top five support people. Oh, I love that because I feel like I'm the same way with my, with my sister. Um, I'm the oldest and I feel like my younger sister is very free and 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 like just herself. And she has this um, way of seeing life like who cares? 
what people think mm-hmm. who, who like just it, just do you and it's funny because I, I tend to color when I have things going on too because I'm like mm-hmm. I'm going through this I don't and she's like who cares <laughs> yeah I wish and I could, um oh sorry I'm like I wish I could be like that but yeah me too and you know I think like a common narrative I see a lot on social media is like first gen Latina daughters being like the second mom and stuff but that narrative has never really resonated with me because my younger sister has been so independent and fearless and it's like she's been the older one for most of our lives you know uh so I guess I got lucky in that sense as well yes so um I definitely want to ask you do you ever get people that reach out to you and kind of tell you like you've changed my life with the the resources and the practice that you share like it's really helped me do you ever get um people that reach out to you like that I haven't heard like those words specifically but I have heard from people that the content I share has been really helpful in processing or even just understanding grief in general because I think for most of us again we don't talk about grief until we experience it um they like we don't even know what it is or why we feel this way so I have heard that the people come to me as an educational resource uh, which I enjoy, and that's what I would like to be for people. Every now and then I do get people uh, trying to process their grief with me in my DMs, but I'm like, girl, I can't really do that. Like, I'm not your therapist, and this is not appropriate, you know? But um, I totally don't mind even being like, hey, I can send you these therapy resources, you know? It sounds like you really need to talk to somebody. Um, but with the in-person gatherings like Platica in the park, I got really positive feedback from that and people like wanting to do that event again, which that's also part of my five-year plan, continuing to do that. And I'd be so down to travel and go see you all in Texas, do a Platica in the park over there. Yes. When I saw it, I was like, oh my God, yes, we would need something like that. And and actually two, two people, uh, came to mind when I saw that um that are going through grief and they're business owners and I was like we we don't have we do have resources obviously here but I think something like that will feel more like um yeah just like a going to go talk to your comadre and and just more more opening and warm um to the idea of being able to process grief so when I saw it I was like oh my god that is such a dope idea (laughs) um so yeah hopefully hopefully soon we can we yes can, let's manifest it <laughs> yes we can, we can get something like that going um I do want to ask you um what are some of your I guess you can say tips that you would give somebody um a friend um how, how can I word this like um because, you know, as a friend, when you, you have somebody going through grief, you don't know what to say. You, you're you kind of like, oh, like, obviously, you don't want to say, like, it's okay, because obviously, your friend is not okay. So what would you tell somebody um, that's going through grief as a friend point of view that can help um, their loved ones through grief? 
Okay, so not what would I say to someone who is grieving, but someone who wants to support someone grieving? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, because you're right, it it can be hard or awkward even, feel awkward to support somebody like, oh my God, they're just crying. What do I do? And I've heard that so many times. I hate pe- seeing people cry, you know? Um, most of the time, like they just need to cry though. So it's okay if you just sit with them and just hold that space for them because like I mentioned earlier grief can feel very isolating um and but just remind that person like I'm here for you I'm here with you um another thing too is it's okay to ask them what they need like how can I support you or what do you need from me um and let's see what else um I think something that when I lost my grandma and I had shared it with a good friend of mine, which some people are not going to like this at all, but it helped me and I appreciated it. Some people will be like, I don't want to hear that, which I get. But she said, you know, like you have another angel now. And that is so comforting to me. I'm going to try not to cry. (laughs) Um, But that was so comforting for me to hear from my friend when like an hour ago I had lost my grandma because with grief you're experiencing it because of a loss and you feel like I lost something like something is not here anymore a part of me is gone right um and again people some people will not want to hear that at all uh but they may be stuck in because there's different phases of grief that we experience So maybe they're not ready to hear that. Um, But that was very helpful for me. But I think just keep checking in on them. And they may say, I'm fine. But okay, but how are you really doing? You know, because feeling fine, that's not a feeling. So um, if they're open and willing to like let you in, just be there for them. Ask them what they need. Because a lot of times, like we're not mind readers. And when we're grieving, you know, I think typically in our culture, we take food to each other's houses, right? So I think that's definitely okay still. Take the fun. Um, and just before you leave their home, like, hey, let me know, you know, or I'll, I'm coming back tomorrow. Let me know if you want me to bring anything. Um, but yeah, let let them let them tell you what they need versus you trying to guess. I think, I think that's great advice because I know I've... I myself have been in situations, obviously, I I know what grief is, but when I have to be there for somebody else going through grief, I do feel like that because I'm like, oh, what do I say? What do I, you know, because I remember when I was going through grief, there were certain things that people would say where I'll be like, I don't want to hear that or that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. So I think um, whenever you have a friend going through grief or it could be anybody right you you kind of have that feeling of like oh maybe if I don't say nothing at all maybe just leave them alone kind of thing sometimes that's not um that also doesn't help that person so I think just sharing those tips will will help somebody else that that wants to be there for somebody that's going through grief um but I definitely do want to thank you so much for joining us, for um, talking a little bit about what you do and what you offer in your community. I think it's so amazing. I really can't wait to see it um, grow more. And again, we're going to manifest. Thank you so much. 
we're gonna manifest yes. <laughs> you coming you coming down um and you know i i definitely think that um if you host um zoom uh, meetings and things like that i would love for um you know, to be able to share that with people here too, because like I said earlier, grief doesn't just have one location, right? It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. grief. Definitely. So um, thank you so much for taking the time out and to sit and talk with me. Can you let everybody know where they can connect with you? Yeah, I'm most active on Instagram, clinical comadre, all one word. Um, I do have a website, clinicalcomadre.com. That's my blog, which actually that just reminded me. Um, I, I, I believe I have a blog post on like five ways to support a friend in grief. So you could go read that too, if what I shared today wasn't helpful. Um, and yeah, I do about two posts a month, two posts a month on the blog, just sharing about grief and different types of it. Um, I'm on TikTok as well, Clinical Comadre. I'm still figuring that out because TikTok is its own world <laughs> versus Instagram. But yeah, um, and also keep an eye on my Instagram. That's where I'll be providing and announcing more information on my coaching program that I'll be launching in the fall. And you can also find my journal on Amazon. Uh, just You can just type in Amazon, the grief journal, Yolanda Ramos, and it'll come up. It's called Dolor or um, Grief flowing through life after loss or seguida adelante después de perder. And I have a really nice little message to the reader or the journal user in it. Um, and I think that can be helpful too, because again, people try to process with me in my DMs, but this journal is like, hey, I can't be your therapist, but this is one way of getting a little bit closer to me or connecting with me. Yes, I love that. Um, if you guys want to purchase that stuff, I'll have the link down below in the description box so you guys can um, go ahead and get it directly there. And I'll have her links down below so you guys can also connect with her. But again, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to our HEPA Talk podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram at HEPA Talk. Make sure you leave us a review and that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on YouTube. Thank you again. Hasta luego.